0: Welcome to For Your Success with Katie Horner, an inspiring program about overcoming the I'm Too Small mindset, redefining success, and growing your lifestyle business legacy without fear.
1: Hey, and welcome back to episode 17 of the For Your Success podcast, where we challenge the comparison mindset and teach that you are never too small to have an influence, follow your dreams, or build a successful online business. I'm your host, Katie Horner, and hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. All the links and notes for today's show can be found at bloggingsuccessfully.com slash 017. Today's episode is sponsored in part by The Blog Connection. The Blog Connection is an online business community for women entrepreneurs, so if you're looking to monetize your blog, learn affiliate marketing, create a product, if you're looking for weekly coaching, or to belong to a caring business community, check out all that the monthly membership has to offer at bloggingsuccessfully.com slash connection. In episode 16, we talked with Sasha Gray, a Southern Belle grandmother slash fairy godmother who has an amazing online business. And next week, we'll hear from a video creation specialist. But today, I'm very excited to introduce our guest. She is an incredibly strong woman, ever learning and teaching others what she's learned. She's a mom of seven and an entrepreneur. And you may recognize her from her encouraging Dear Mom letters on Facebook. Or if you've been listening since the beginning of our podcast, you met her once before in episode two with Dan Morris and Audience Industries. It's my privilege to welcome back to the show the founder of FindingJoy.net, Rachel Marie Martin. Rachel Martin, I'm so excited to have you with us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
0: I am super excited to be here, and I am even more excited because I know you and I have had to like reschedule and reschedule, and we did it.
1: <laughs> we did it. Yes, we finally got Rachel Martin of Finding Joy on the For Your Success podcast. So, um, I'm really excited. You know, we we um, already talked to you and your business partner Dan Morris in one of our previous episodes in regards to. Um, Blogging concentrated in audience industries and the things that awesome things that you're doing there. But I'm really excited to be able to talk to you today about your business, finding joy, and how that all started. So I'd love for you to just lead off with our episode and um, give us the back history. Like, how did you start? And was it a business from the beginning, or how did it become a business? Or just just bring us up to date with how how finding joy got started and then morphed into what it is today.
0: All right. Well, that's an interesting question, because I always tell people that I've been a very techie person. And I don't know if I mentioned this on the other podcast, but my dad was an individual that when the computers came out, uh, before there was Best Buy, before there was any other place to get them, my dad bought a computer in a house, in a kitchen, where this man had monitors on the top of the cabinets and keyboards and all of that. And my dad taught me to code. When I was about eight or nine years old, I can remember sitting there, and that was when you would type, and then you'd hit backspace, and the whole screen would shift everything, and you'd have to wait. So, of hours, (laughs) I know, I know, you don't make errors. And then when I was done with the coding, it would be like one dot traveling across the screen into a circle or something. But... I always just absolutely loved it. So then in college, we got the email, and then I started on Yahoo Groups all the time. I lived in Southern California, and I found friends there. And then um, when I was married, my ex-husband went through uh, cancer treatment, and I started a caring bridge site. And I started writing there. And people said, don't stop writing, because we really want to hear what you have to say. We really like what you're saying, because I just didn't write updates. I wrote, like about my own personal struggles with everything. And so I started then on Homeschool Blogger. I don't know if you even remember that site. (laughs) Um, And I started over there and I started writing. And then after a while, I remember making this big leap to Blogspot. Like I was the real deal at that moment. And um, I was there for a while, kind of a hobby, um, but I liked it. I liked this community that was developing. I homeschooled my kids during that time and I was able to get curriculum uh, to review and but I also really going back to my childhood of like encoding and I like marketing too. I used to merchandise for Pier One imports. I also found that I really liked growing a community and understanding the back end of a site. So before Facebook pages were even a really big thing. I was figuring out how to hard code in a Facebook like button to a blogger blog when nobody knew how to do it. And I would remember spending all this time trying to update it. So after that, I would say for the last four years, um, it has been solely my business. I made a turn within about, about four or five years ago thinking that, you know, this could support my family. And for the last four years, it's definitely been a business um, instead of just kind of a hobby. Hmm.
1: And what do you think was key in the in that mindset shift? Or what is what is really necessary when people talk about going from from hobby to business?
0: So for me, it was I needed to support my family, and I knew that the blog had the ability to sustain and to create an income. And I a lot of times with blogging specifically, or entrepreneurs, there's this tendency to go for short-term gain, um, do a couple, Do I see all the time with blogs, uh, do a bunch of sponsored posts, and then you neglect the community. And I made a commitment from the, the very beginning that I wanted to create a community and an audience that absolutely loved what I wrote. And if the income was slower in the beginning to come in, because I was very discerning about wanting to keep my authentic voice and not wanting to do a ton of sponsored posts and wanting to advertise in the right way. And I made a commitment to grow an audience in that way. So the big thing about it becoming the business was, you know, when you're you're faced with the fire, you really, you have to do what you have to do. And I just got really scrappy and I decided this, this is a business and I'm going to make it work.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have... Was there anything specific that you did when you when you decided, okay, this is a business, I've got to make it work, what was some of the first steps that you took as far as actually monetizing?
0: Well, one of the first things I did was I did just ads on the side. Just I think I joined the blog Her Network back when it was called that. And I remember very clearly the first month the site made $35 being all excited like, whoa, you just made $35 and about that. And at that point, I hadn't quite connected the power of traffic um, to that amount of money. And so as if, if you're looking at monetizing with ads, there's a lot to do with traffic and, and the type of ads. But the other thing I did was um, I made an ebook. So my business partner, Dan, that you and I chatted with on the previous podcast, he worked with me to create an ebook. And we made the first Dear Mom Letters ebook and put it up on PayPal. I had an eJunkie account. I did all this stuff, and I can remember very clearly. We, it was released a couple day, weeks before Mother's Day. Sitting, this doesn't sound terrible. I was sitting in church, and all of a sudden, I hadn't turn on my turn off the ringer on my phone, and all of a sudden, I started getting all these notifications, bling 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 bling, like that <laughs> from PayPal that people were buying my ebook. So then it became a real act of discipline for me to turn off the phone and not keep checking because all of a sudden in that day, I can remember making, you know, five, six hundred dollars just like that. And the site wasn't that big, but it opened my eyes to the potential of there is something that people are willing to pay for Mm -hmm. um, and that I, I could continue to produce content that was well crafted that had a value to people. Mm-hmm. And so that was the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I love. I love this story. I love hearing. Uh, uh, lots of people have had moments similar to that, where it was like, "Oh wow, people want to pay for this. It is valuable, you know." And then I think you
0: question yourself. Otherwise, I think there's that little nagging voice that, especially, I think women have. Like, am I really that good enough? Am I really enough? Is it really worth it? And then I, I think a lot of the ba- the va- the uh, battle with monetizing, or even for some people to put an ad on there, is getting over the hurdle of that you're we're enough. And you know that I always think back to um, some scripture that I think about: a worker is worthy of their wages. So when you write and and we put our content on there, we're producing value to the to the world. And there's no way that anyone would walk into Barnes & Noble and say, you know what, can I have these books for free today? Because we understand the intrinsic value of the author at that moment. And that value tr- should trickle and translate down to what's the content produced on the web. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. I, I just had someone ask me recently in a, in a different interview, um, you know, if if everything is for free on the web, why would I want to pay for something in a membership or in a class? <laughs> I'm thinking well, because if you went into the art studio and you asked for an art class, you'd expect to pay for it.
0: <laughs> I, you know, isn't that funny? I I wonder where the um, idea that the internet is free. First of all, no one pays. I mean, we pay to get online. <laughs> so, but this idea that the content there is. Free. I just spoke to a high school here in Tennessee, uh, a senior cl- or a web development class, about really guarding and being careful about not taking images from the web. And because there is that mindset that there's everything is free, and I went back to, like, you wouldn't take it out of an encyclopedia without writing that you got it from page 486. Then I probably had to explain what an encyclopedia was, but,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, to all their own right right wow so tell us about some of your struggles maybe early on maybe more recent um in in the life of a female entrepreneur running your online business there are times when we all feel down like is is this worth it um am I making a difference am I going to make it talk about some of those low times and and what you were able to do to overcome them and push through
0: Well, I think that because I'm a mom too, uh, and I was a stay-at-home mom for most of my older kids' lives, I I had these struggles of, of, am I a good mom still? And it's just such a, a, when I think back to it now, it's kind of a ridiculous thing. But I did have that struggle like because I traveled a lot too. I traveled to speak. I traveled to help grow my business and to put food on the table. And It came down to me one day when I was sitting in the airport, I was actually on a plane in Kansas City flying home. And I had this memory as I was looking over the fields and everything was we were taking off about my grandfather, who was a farmer. And my grandpa, my grandpa, he during harvest time, my grandpa was out there working all the time. I can remember going down there with my mom and I was a little girl. And he would be up all night, all over and over and over during harvest. But I never, ever doubted that my grandpa loved me. Like, I just knew grandpa, he loved me so much. And I realized that a lot of times as an entrepreneur and as a woman, we forget that some of are moments in our lives that are harvest times. And when we're in that spot where it's a harvest time where we have to work really hard and we're doing it, it's because we love our family and we want things better for them. So that low time then was replaced with almost a sense of, of pride of pulling up the bootstraps of doing what we, I needed to do for, those, for for my kids. And that, that definitely has helped sustain it. Um, I think the other struggles that entrepreneurs face in general is just, at least for me, is working at home, um, establishing the boundaries like this is work. Um, and respecting, and for me to say no to the work sometimes and shut the computer because I, I, you know, if you live a social media world in that type of environment, you could work all the time. So, but remembering the harvest thing, I write a lot about that on finding joy because I, I sometimes don't think that we have that grace that we give ourselves to understand that work is a good thing too. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for my children, it was really good thing to see, Me step up and to provide for them
1: Hmm. that that is really good I love the I love the picture of that because um, like you said working from home it seems like we could possibly always be working and there is the boundary thing but then there are times when it's necessary and it's it's important that our kids know that we're we love them and we're doing it for them and also that they that they don't question that that's that's really good
0: You know, my mom worked when I I grew up and my mom was, my mom was one of the, um, she took an accounting class and she was the only woman in in the accounting class when she was in college and she was the first one in her family to go to college too and uh, she, I never questioned either, like I never would get angry, why is mom working and all that, I just was taught to understand that, how cool it was and respect that value of work and I, I really want that in my kids too, to respect all of that to, to understand the, the value of work and to understand um, a budget and all of those nuances because I think it's very easy to live entitled and I, you know, I want to bless them with stuff too but I also want them to have the reality that when they go into the world they understand what it takes to provide and to make a difference in the world.
1: Hmm. Now have any of your kids been able to have a part in your business?
0: Very much so.
1: So my oldest daughter, Grace, right now does some graphic
0: design. And then my daughter, Chloe, uh, she's also done graphic design and work like that. And my oldest daughter ended up getting college scholarships because she started a blog when she was 11. And then her blog progressed into she started, she loved code too, and she would design websites on on Blogger back when um, she, she was back on that site. Um, she doesn't know WordPress, which is what I'm on now, maybe a little, but... She ended up becoming a photographer and built two businesses so that by the time she was applying to go to uh, college, she was able to say, look, I've created two businesses, I've filed taxes all these years, um, I think I can handle college work.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, can do you want to share her site with us?
0: Right now she does uh, Hannah Nicola Photography. I think it's under H. Nicole Photography, but uh, she is a junior in college, so...
1: Awesome. Busy. So we'll busy. Have to check out that photography blog. All right. Now you mentioned earlier um, community, and that being one of the big keys to building your business. Rachel, can you maybe share some of the some of the key things somebody could do to build a community around their business?
0: Well, I first of all um, be present, be a, be available. I give an example of GoGo Air uh, all the time, and mm-hmm. If I tweet them, they will tweet me back and they will say, and I, if I say, thanks for the great Wi Fi this flight, they will tweet me back and say, we're so glad that you are um, enjoying it. And they sign their name, whoever it is. And it gives this instant level of credibility. There is a, a gluten free snack company that I tweeted probably eight to 10 times telling how much I loved their product and never heard from them. And every time I look at it, I think, I don't really want to buy it because I just felt like I was, I was not valued as a consumer at that point. I was taking time out of my day to say to them, I really loved what they did and they've never responded. And that stuck with me, like this idea of responding to people. And it's hard because right now I get too much email. I mean, I can't manage it, but I do try to go in there and give personal responses to people. Mm-hmm. Um, to write them, I, I try to respond to comments on the Facebook page, and I sign my name all the time so that people know I'm a real person. And I think that is part of it, is this authenticity to be open with everyone around there. And I tell people very often how much I appreciate what they do. If they share something that's from my site and it's public, I'll go on and I'll leave a comment that I really appreciate you sharing this with your community and I uh, or your friends and I'm, I'm I'm grateful, and then I sign my name, Rachel from Finding Joy, and I think that that community building has shown that I'm invested in them as much as they're investing in me because they could go anywhere on on Facebook or online. They could. There's many different sites, but the fact that they decided to take a minute out of their day and write a comment, I, I I'm I'm grateful for that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point as too. Yeah, you know, it's nice when you see people sharing, but it's even nicer for them and reinforces to them the the whole relationship side of the business when they get that feedback. And I that's a yeah. really really good tip.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Well, one of our events, I we, I was talking about, I was sharing that strategy with Facebook about this responding. You know, you can see public shares uh, when you click on the share button, and you can see who shared it. And I said, I'm going to respond to one of these, and chances are before this session is over, that individual will respond and say thank you. And it was within about 40 to 45 seconds that I had responded, that the individual, that site got the notification, and they responded back. And as a marketer um, on that that strategic side, too, there's nothing more powerful to Facebook to see interaction to show that this page is relevant. Mm -hmm. So it's not only building community, but it's also proving social, um, media
1: importance at that point, And the algorithm is better at that point as well. Right. And all because we took time to notice the person, right? Isn't that what we all crave is that we want to be noticed.
0: It's so true. Think about how many people like with celebrities that get so excited if the celebrity replies back. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in this, like, generic buzz of traffic building and, and under the guise of audience building without realizing that real audience building means investing in the people that are showing up at your door every single day. And and saying thank you back. That Sometimes I just write on Facebook a post without any like, don't click here, don't go there, just to kind of say thank you and how much I appreciate everyone there. Because I do feel like in the long run, that level of gratitude is what creates community.
1: Yes, so true. So, Rachel, tell us what is your definition of success, and what would you say to other women who are struggling to make their online business a reality?
0: Huh, I have to really think about that. I, um, I would say... I really got to think what I would say for success. It's definitely shifted in the last couple of years. For for success, I would say that you wake up content without um, my grandpa, going back to the same grandpa, would always say, what do you do to keep the wolf away from the door? And I lived for many, many, many years of my life with financial fears all the time, so much that it was crippling. And one of the life quotes that I live by is fall seven times, stand up eight and success for me is not that's really what all finding joy is success for me is not fearing falling success for me is deciding that I'm going to stand up again and fight again and keep going Um, so many people look at success as getting to point B on a scale and I look at success in the inches that it takes to get to point B and to continue to fight for what you believe in and what is right because life is finite and we don't know if we're going to get to point b so i'm going to make today the most awesome day that i can and celebrate the victories in the day while i'm moving forward so that would be success um i don't ever want to get lost in in the disappointment of oh that didn't work out or all of that i just want to be a person that is thought of that keeps standing up and celebrates that and that would be my my advice for women is to learn from the past, learn from the, learn from the times you fall down because I think there's good lessons and stuff. I think there's really good lessons but to not let it define who you are today. Like you don't have to wear that sticker of whatever it is on your posture today and so you, I always tell them like if you're thinking I'm failing, I want you to replace it with I can do this
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: to focus on the future, focus on those goals. Do not be afraid to dream big because it wasn't until somebody said to me, What do you really want to do? And I articulated it to somebody else that that started to become a reality. So articulate what you want to do, your dreams. And if you can't find anybody, my goal is that you would be a person that would listen to everybody else's dreams too. And then in the day, in the present is to really live this day with focus and to allow yourself to be joyful and happy within where you are today.
1: Hmm. That's true. And I see you playing that out so well online with, you know, all of your social media is talking about the joy in the moment and not forgetting the little things, you know, the joy in, in the little things. And uh, it's been an example to me even to remember to take the time to enjoy those the little things that you might otherwise overlook, but that are so important.
0: Yeah, I, it's super important Do you remember because you and I went on a Mexico trip uh, four years ago this summer. And mm-hmm. uh, and you were, you were there. But I remember one day um, that I went to see the ruins at Tulum. And there was a, some tropical storm that came through that day. So it meant like a ridiculous amount of rain more than I've ever seen in my life. And I remember standing there thinking, I could be grumbly about this moment. Or I could realize that I'm one of 50 people in the entire world that get to be on these runes at this moment and to see them and how cool it absolutely was that I was given that opportunity. And that's kind of how I try to live my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. For our audience, we can find Rachel at findingjoy.net. You can also connect with her on her fabulous Facebook page at Finding Joy blog. And I highly encourage you to do that. She's got a book in the works that you'll want to get on her list. So you're sure to be the first to hear about the book when it comes out. And uh, we just really appreciate your time and your inspiration today, Rachel.
0: Oh, I love chatting with you. So thank you very much. And I appreciate
1: everything that
0: you're doing for the community as a whole, because I think it needs more encouragement and inspiration. So thank you.
1: Hey, Are you craving an online business that allows you to do what you love with the freedom to earn money from anywhere? Or maybe you've already started with a blog and you're not sure what to do next, or your blog isn't earning the income that you want it to do. I invite you to check out our Blog Connection membership. No matter where you are in your journey, we're going to combine education and community with the experience of a professional coach to get you on the road to success in your business. You may feel lonely and isolated. You can join our group and get help anytime. You don't know what to do? Check out our training library of resources or book a call with your coach. You need an expert on speed dial and that's what you're going to get when you join the blog connection. Check us out at bloggingsuccessfully.com slash connection and get connected for success today.
0: Thanks for listening to the For Your Success Podcast with Katie Horner, presented by bloggingsuccessfully.com. For show notes and links to the resources mentioned in today's episode, visit www.foryoursuccesspodcast.com.
1: I'm Katie Horner, author of The Flamingo Advantage. And for two decades, I've been teaching business owners just like you how to make your business and marketing decisions with faith, with clarity, and with purpose, empowering God's people to live out their best worship through the business. My framework teaches how to realign your mindset and your business practices with God's Word so that you no longer operate in fear or lack of criticism, but in confidence and powerful intention. I'd love to invite you to grab a free copy of my book, Just Pay Shipping, at freeflamingobook.com. You, my friend, have an advantage, and your uniqueness helps you live out God's purpose for you in the world. freeflamingobook.com.